Part three, chapter twenty nine of Quo Vadis, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sienkiewicz, translated by Binion and Malevsky. Part three, chapter twenty nine. In Rome, madness still reigned, so that the erstwhile conqueror of the world began, through lack of a ruler, to crumble to pieces. Even before the last of the apostles had died there came the conspiracy of Piso, and after that such a merciless decapitation of the most prominent heads in Rome, that even those who looked upon Nero as a god began to see in him a god of destruction. The city was in mourning. Terror reigned in its houses and in all hearts. Yet the porticos were decorated with ivy and flowers, because it was not permitted to bewail the dead. When the people awoke in the morning they asked themselves whose turn it would be to-day. The retinue of ghosts following Caesar increased every day. Piso paid with his head for his conspiracy, and a like fate befell Seneca and Lucan, and Phineas Rufus, and Plautius Lepranus, and Flavius Scevinus, and Afranius Quinetianus, and the dissolute companions of Caesar's followers, Tullius Senecio, and Proculus, and Araricus, and Cugurinus, and Gratus, and Silanus, and Proximus, and Sabrius Flavius, once entirely devoted to Nero, and Sulpicius Asper. Some perished on account of their villainy, some by fear, some on account of their opulence, some because of their courage. Caesar, dismayed by the number of the conspirators, placed soldiers upon the walls, and held the city as if in a state of siege, sending out every day centurions bearing decrees of death to suspected houses. The condemned humbly bowed to the decrees of Caesar, sending him letters full of flattery and of thanks for his sentences, and willing to him a part of their fortunes in order to save the rest for their children. It seemed at last that Caesar were overstepping all bounds, in order to discover to what depths the people had degenerated and how long they would suffer the bloody rule. After the conspirators were put to death, their relatives, friends, and even their acquaintances suffered the same fate. Dwellers in the magnificent palaces erected after the conflagration, when they went out on the street, were sure to see a whole succession of funerals. Pompeius, Cornelius, Martialis, Flavius Nepos, and Statius Domitius perished because accused of being wanting in love for Caesar. Novius Priscus, because he was a friend of Seneca. Rufius Crispus was deprived of the right of fire and water, because he had formerly been the husband of Poppaea. The great Thrasia fell a victim to his virtues. Many were put to death on account of their noble origin. Even Poppaea fell a victim to the momentary rage of Caesar. The Senate cringed before the terrible potentate, erected temples in his honor, placed wreaths upon his statues, and established priests for him as if he were a god. Senators, in fear and trembling, ascended the Palatine to magnify the song of the Periodonices, and to go mad with him amid orgies of naked bodies, wine, and flowers. But meantime, from beneath, in the soil wet with the blood and tears of martyrs, grew silently, but ever stronger and stronger, the seed that Peter had sown. End of Part 3, Chapter 29